This podcast is part of the Craftology Radio Network. Visit craftologyradio.com to learn more. Good evening, craft beer. This is Donnie here with another episode of The Fandalorian. You must reunite it with its own kind. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature? This is the way. So, Mandalorian Season 2, kicking off on Disney+, Plus, um, Episode 6, this Friday, today. Um, man, what a what another good episode. It, it, it was one of the shorter episodes that we had, and we'll get into that in a second. Um, it wasn't as Easter egg heavy, I would say, but there was a lot going on in this one. And of course, like normal, we uh, will take off with our, uh, we'll start off with our uh, non-spoiler section here, just talking a little about the episode, and then we'll, we'll quickly get back into it and try to wrap it up here in a few minutes. But uh, man, what a good one. The things that you get out of this episode, <laughs> we've been waiting for them for a long time. And we've gotten bits and pieces, and some of this comes together, but... Obviously, you knew you knew kind of where we were going from the start of this. I think Joe in the last um, episode review kind of hinted towards this is where we were, we were moving, and and yeah, so it's it's it was a really good episode. Um, there's a lot of throwbacks more than Easter eggs, I'd say, um, and a lot of kind of up, oh, yeah, there's that. Oh yeah, that's what that would happen. And then one, you know, the, the episode is called the tragedy, so one uh, significant tragedy. And I would say not even one. There's actually a few. But anyways, I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't seen it yet, at least not in this part here. But uh, man, it's uh, it was a really good one. Really, really good episode. We get a little bit of, uh, I guess, inclination as to what's coming next. And we get to see, you know, some people that we haven't seen in a while be pretty badass. So what else can I say? I'm not sure. It's tough to say anything about this episode without spoiling it. So um, because it is so short, it was a 33-minute episode, the shortest in the season so far, the shortest in the series, I believe, both both seasons so far. Yeah, so 33 minutes, it, it was a jam-packed, and I'll take it, and um, and that was, you know, that's what we got. So I think if this is the shortest one in the series so far, moving forward, we, we should get, you know, 45, 50 longer if we if we could so um super excited about that but let's go ahead and dive right into it um here as the uh a, a, in the spoiler section of the Fandalorian. so again if you keep going um if you keep listening you're going to uh you're going to hear spoilers and we'll try to uh to, to this is your warning <laughs> but uh all right spoilers here they go so episode six um is the uh the tragedy of mandalorian season two uh, this would be 14. So the Razor Crest lands on Tython, and there was some cute interaction between Mando and Baby Yoda, or Grogu if you want to. I'm still calling him Baby Yoda. Don't care what you say. <laughs> but um, as they're kind of cruising in the beginning of the show, he tries to get him to do the Force again. Scares him a bit, because when he does, um, when Mando asks Baby Yoda to do that, he does. And he says that, that famous phrase that he keeps repeating over and over again, dang frick, which, which sounds like it could be, you know, like a, like a derogatory when needed or, uh, you know, good when needed, which sounds, you know, pretty much like our curse words now. So nothing out of the ordinary there, but you do hear that phrase, dang frick, a lot, which is interesting. Um, anyways, so you find out um, that, you know, where they're trying to go. Sets, sets, he takes Baby Yoda out to the, uh, the spire, like, um, uh, Ahsoka said um, to the, where these kind of pillars are centered around. They have to uh, jetpack up to the uh, to the actual seeing stone there. And um, just as they get there, you know, he puts Baby Yoda on the seeing stone. Nothing really happens. Um, you know, he looks around, scans around, and then all of a sudden, a ship comes from the distance. And what ship is it? Oh, the Slave One. So when I was referring to some of the things that you wanted to see, 
the freaking slave one comes back from the death dead and that was just fantastic it makes me think where was the ship while he was there i guess it was still on tatooine when boba fett was in the sarlacc and i guess surviving um somehow he got back to it or had you know his own battle to get back to it i'm sure if they do give boba fett a spinoff it will uh will probably pick up there uh you know where he was or how we got out of the sarlacc and we'll revisit the crate dragon maybe who knows possibly not because they've already kind of glossed over it they tend to just um drop details like that accept it as canon and move along so we may not see it ever um but it is certainly a, a cool scene a mysterious figure that walks out of the slave one of course boba fett so there's a bit of a standoff there um he's talking to um mando and mando and Boba are talking, and he says he's got um, Fennec uh, trained on Baby Yoda. So Return of Fennec, great. The uh, the, the female, I, I think she's just a human. I don't think she was any kind of special race, but she was in season one, um, and and you know obviously thought she was left for dead. But that was where we got the uh, the Spurs noise of the uh, the after episode scene, I guess, where Boba actually did walk up on her uh, her what appeared to be lifeless body she shows a little bit of like a mechanical operation on her stomach so he must have done something to put her back together with some uh, cybernetic parts on her tummy i'm not sure but um star wars technology you know works works really well <laughs> so um so who the hell knows but boba and fennec negotiate for a while um and then there are as they're negotiating they're they're interrupted by the arrival of the imperial troop carriers now these looked a lot like the ones that were last seen in The Force Awakens in the sequel trilogy, really. There's that Mouse's Castle when they land. It's it's the same kind of troop carrier that you, you saw from almost the First Order. Or it's very similar. I'd have to check and see. Again, it's only 9 in the morning at this point. A little early for research, but <laughs> um, it was a cool callback. And you'll definitely see those ships again, or you definitely have seen those ships. Um, anyways, as they're you know battling the stormtroopers that are pouring out of these gunships... Uh, you see Boba kind of catch the uh, razor crest off the uh, the corner of his eye, and then it, it switches scenes or it cuts away. The funny thing is, Boba was wrecking stormtroopers with that Tuscan Raider uh, gaffy stick. It, it seems to be pretty effective, and it was really you know pretty dangerous. He was stabbing through, he was crushing helmets, he was ripping guns out of hands. Like it was really cool to see him using that that weapon. Obviously, he got to to uh, be accustomed to it and got very comfortable with it. Um, during his time on Tatooine. So very cool to see that. Um, the next pan is, is basically, uh, you know, the, an orbital strike coming out of the sky. Don't know why or who shot that, but it takes out the Razor Crest. This was a particularly sad moment for me. When I said tragedy, this is one of them that I was referring to because this is just straight up horrible. It would be like if they blew up the Millennium Falcon, and I can't even imagine that. It's my favorite character in the whole show. Everybody knows that. But... The Razor Crest was uh, was will be sorely missed, um, and and you know what have you. So, anyways, Boba's got the armor back on, his original armor back on, and unlike Cab Vamp, it actually fits him because he's not six foot five or whatever, <laughs> um, whatever that guy uh, Timothy Oliphant was. So, um, reunited with his armor, he is turned up to eleven and just smoking fools. This is the Boba Fett that we always wanted to see. He used everything from his, you know, jetpack to his uh, his wrist rockets to his knee rockets, which I didn't even know he had. Um, but some really interesting weaponry that he actually was able to pull out in that suit. It just like it fit him like an old glove, and he was just, you know, really uh, just looking so damn cool. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, he as the you know the guys keep keep pouring out of these these troop transports. 
you know, they keep firing back and they take they take them out, take them out, take them out, and eventually the stormtroopers like, now nah, we're out of here. I believe it was the knee rockets that really set them off. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, the funny thing is, once they uh, once they you know got back in their ships and, and and started to piss off, there there goes uh, Boba with his uh, his backpack rocket launcher smashed into one of the trooper ships, which then crashed into the other one and took them both out. Um, turns out that was an accident, but it looked really, really good. Um, so it's really cool. Uh, they have a, a, a bit of a conversation, Mando and Boba, about this and kind of where they where they go with it. And, and I thought it was interesting because they dove into uh, or they dropped a lot of lines about Django and about Boba's fa- Boba's past. We learned that Django was actually um, who was Boba Fett's father uh, was actually a foundling of the Mandalorian culture, just like. Uh, Mando. So very interesting there. But um, he, 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 what's interesting about Django is that there's a quote he said, which which Boba quoted, and he basically said, "I'm a simple man making his way through the galaxy like my father before me." And so what that goes is is playing off the motivations and mirroring that line from Django Fett in Attack of the Clones uh, when he was talking to Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, and uh, Luke Skywalker's line, following my father, from uh, to Emperor Palpatine from The Return of the Jedi. So again, not really an Easter egg, but kind of a callback, and I, I really do appreciate that. Um, if you don't know who Django is, he was essentially you know part of the prequels. So he was the template for the original stormtroopers of the uh, Republic Army, which is which is cool. The clones, the Clone Wars, right? That started all that stuff. So again, callback, not really an Easter egg, but but more of a callback to that. Um, and, and it kind of makes sense. So just like Mando, uh, Django was a foundling, so he was I guess given, gifted, earned armor. Um, that in part went down to his unaltered um, clone, Boba, uh, one of the clones, just like the nor- normal stormtroopers from the the prequel era. Um, but this one, you know, again, didn't have any genetic uh, mutations or anything like that. So um, really cool that they just kind of dropped that, brought it back in, uh, referenced, you know, the Camino and that conversation came right to mind and all that kind of stuff. So um, very cool, very cool. Uh, but eventually Django was killed by, by Mace Window. Um, during the Battle of Genosis, and then um, you know Boba actually tried to get uh, revenge on him during season two of the Clone Wars. Didn't really work out. So um, you know it's 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 really cool. It was it was a really cool throwback, and I I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, um, they even mentioned how Jango fought in the Mandalorian Civil Wars, which is a cool throwback too. And, and that may come back to Bo Katan, who again very very much engrossed with the Mandalorian uh, culture. So it'll be really interesting to see how that that goes, but. Um, yeah, so anyways, back to the episode. The Seeing Stone, so Grogu eventually, as all this conversation is kind of going down, enters a trance, and he stretches out, he stretches out with a force, and a force field basically um, engulfs him on the Seeing Stone, and Mando is unable to get a hold of him. So he tries a couple times to stop him to currently, you know, to, to bop, break the, the force field that he had around there. Um, but he was obviously doing something on the Seeing Stone, just like Ahsoka said, um, you know, reaching out to other Force users. So currently, we know that Leia is out there as a Force user in the universe during this time frame. Luke Skywalker is still around; he's out there in the ether or on Ock Two. I'm not sure at this point. Maybe he's still, you know, building the temple. Don't really know. Ezra from Rebels is is likely to be alive. So there's another one there, and then Cal Kestis uh, from Jedi Fallen Order, uh, or 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 Siri, either one of them from Fallen Order. You know, still there. Um, and that all took place from a, a, a prior to a New Hope, the Jedi Fallen Order game did, but there was no obviously it's a game and he survived, so there's no you know there's no uh, 
There's no telling who he was reaching out to. They could bring back any one of these characters, and if you ask me, I would bet that they're going to bring back someone... Um, It'd be interesting if they did Cal Kestis. It'd be very, very interesting. Um, I'm not sure who they're going to bring back for that, but some Jedi out there. Maybe it's some unknown Jedi. That would be great, too. I've had enough callbacks, Easter eggs, and remember this, remember that, remember this guy, remember that. I mean, I love it. I love that it all kind of makes sense, and it really pulls off the previous past or the the past history of Star Wars lore that we know. But again, this is a new show, and Mando's a new character, and a lot of these plans are brand new. I'm happy to see new stuff, so... They don't have to pull everything from canon to make me happy. I'm very happy with this season so far. Eventually, um, back to the show, uh, Moff Gideon you know, sends out his dark troopers. So I think Joe called it uh, on our mid-season episode. He, he thought they were mechs. He thought they had you know, metal legs or whatnot. And I, I think it's, it, it, they do. They obviously were robots. They were mechs, like he said, dark troopers. But um, you know, they, were, they were the non-canon. Um, they were mentioned first in non-canon. In 1995, the Dark Forces, like we mentioned before, but now we get a proper look at them in live action, and, they, and they're terrifying. I don't, I don't. They looked scarier than the uh, assassin droids that we had in the last episode. So, anyways, yeah, they come down, they pick up the baby, and they take off. And there's really, you know, that's about as as the short and the long of it. Um, so since the the Razor Crest was completely destroyed, obviously. Uh, you see, you pan back to Boba and Mando as they have some discussion, and part of their agreement for Boba to get his armor back was that he gave him his armor back. He promised that nothing bad would happen to Baby Yoda. So, during all this fight, during all the armor and the impressive show, everything we wanted to see from Boba, um, you know, while that was going on, sure enough, the baby, you know, was was brought to uh, Moff Gideon's ship and and was taken away. So. Uh, Boba decides to interpret the deal and basically honor his obligation to Mando by keeping, um, by not, not, you know, not going away, not pissing off until Mando and Grogu are safely reunited. So really cool, um, which is, I think, the best outcome that we could have. Now we've got Boba, we've got Mando, we've got uh, Fennec, and they're all, you know, going to go attack or go do something um, in the Slave One <laughs> to, uh, to try and, uh, and get Baby Yoda back. So um, it was just so cool seeing seeing those three guys or those three uh, folks kind of teaming up and, and heading towards the uh, the slave one to get things moving. I really am excited to see more of that ship. Um, they of course board up in the slave one and take off to Navarro. Um, they, they, it, it's obviously pretty clear that they were going to gather allies, but before they left the planet um, Typhon, they they Mando of course was sifting through the rubble that is the Razor Crest again. Very sad. But all he found was the little ball that was the, so interested to, uh, or su- of such interest to Baby Yoda and his ba- his Beskar staff. So um, very cool. And I thought they were gonna drop something about the caliber, the steel, whatever it was that um, Boba Fett's armor was created from or made from, but they didn't. Boba did immediately know notice that it was a Beskar staff. But um, you know, I'm sure that'll be uh, another weapon that just sticks around uh, through the series. I believe his big shock rifle was destroyed it looked like it i couldn't really tell what it was on the ground now and i'm sure that'll that'll shake out in time but um it was really cool to see you know him pick that up and obviously that's going to be with him for quite a while so whole ship gets destroyed with a little ball on the top of a of a, of a handle and a basket staff so can't beat that um anyways they're back now on navarro and um all we see is mando talking to cara dune who is now the new republic marshal i guess governing the whole planet so that's cool for her um, but he uh, he walks up and immediately asks for uh, Bill Burr's character uh, Mayfield uh, in the prison directory, and so she pulls him up. 
and uh, and says, "Wow, he's you know he got fifty years to life or whatever for uh, trying to spring a prisoner as well." So that's that's going to be interesting to see what happens here. She said that with these stripes, I can't really burn bend the law like you know, it's kind of dumb. That was a dumb like cop line. Didn't really like that at all. But um, but I love a good Caradoon, so I, I, whatever she says is fine. As she was flipping through, there's a little. They show a couple snippets of the uh, the database that she was looking for, and I thought it was really interesting. It, it's very quick, and and I was actually watching it, you know, from my phone, so it was hard to stop. But I caught a couple species that I thought were interesting, and, and just again par for the course. We saw a mon cow, which I didn't think they were notoriously evil, but there was one in prison there. A quorn, which we know, bunch of humans, um, some weird cybernetic human things with like little radials for eyes and weird crap. Um, a Zabrak, which was neat, so Darth Maul species with the pokey things coming out of his head, impossible to wear a hat. Um, an Aqualish, which we've seen before, it's kind of the butt face guys. I saw a Gamorrean, so a Jabba's Palace, those big pig guard guys, and a Tusken Raider. So there were a couple other robots that were just hard to decipher, um, some face shields and weird stuff, but it, it was cool seeing through the prison database because like, I just couldn't imagine that. It was like Guardians of the Galaxy where every little prisoner just looks so different. Um, so very, very cool. Um, all right, let's see. So the last piece I had here on my notes as, um, you know, she said, yeah, billboard. Yeah. We'll, we'll go get Mayfield or here he is. Yada, yada, yada. Obviously she gave him some information. So they're going to go track him down to try and track down Moff Gideon. So now we go back to Moff Gideon standing on the uh, bridge of his, uh, star destroyer or his, uh, Imperial light cruiser. And, um, very Darth Vader-esque vibes, um, which was interesting. You know, just standing there, kind of looking through hyperspace. Really cool. Starts to walk down the hallway with a couple of troopers um, around his cell. Then he uh, he walks in, and you can hear there's there's stuff going on in this little room. Uh, and as the door opens, it's obviously a couple stormtroopers near with Grogu, and he is um, very reminiscent of, of Darth Vader in Rogue One, where he is throwing them across the room, pushing them up against the ceiling, choking them, like force choke. We have not seen that. I mean, Luke did it to the, some of the Gamorrean guards as he was entering uh, Jabba the Hutt's palace, but you don't see the, the good, the, the light side force users uh, force choking anybody. Now, you've seen them knock around people before and push them off or knock them over a ledge or whatnot when they're fighting, but. It's interesting to see how um, Baby Yoda was attacking these guys because you can tell, yeah, he's had some training and yeah, he knows how to manipulate the Force to a degree. It almost looked like there's a there's a slice, uh, you know, of some darkness in him. There's some unknown. There's some real question marks that come up with the way that he was treating these stormtroopers. And of course, he was fighting for his life, so I get it. It's just very interesting to see, you know, how they keep showing that he is not always good. Remember, he choked out. Cara Dune once and, and that just you know he thought he was she was going to hurt Mando so it, fight or flight you know I'm not sure if that's what it is per se but it definitely was interesting to see um, him knock around those stormtroopers just as good as Darth Vader did in that hallway of Rogue One so um, very cool but anyways little guy gets um, gets pretty pretty sleepy after that and uh, Moff Gideon puts the dark saber in his face and threatens him a bit and then you know sends off a call notifying uh, Dr. Pershing that um, they can har- harvest more uh, more cells from the donor. So, um, what a crazy episode! Again, we got to see Mando being badass, of course. Uh, of course, Fennec is badass with that rifle. Boba, come on, man! We got to see him in full armor. We got to see him be badass as the storm, as the Tuscan Raider clothes, and as the uh, the old traditional, you know, armored up missiles flying everywhere, jetpack guy. Very very cool stuff. And I'm just um, I was so so excited for this one. So, what's gonna happen next? Hmm. Not sure, but obviously, like Joe and I, and I think just pretty much anybody that watched the series, 
they're putting together a team. I mean, they're going to put together the team. I'm, I'm hoping that we see Ahsoka in that team. I'm hoping that we see Bo-Katan and her um, Night Owls. I'm hoping Bill Burr wasn't the strongest one that I liked, and I don't know why he was so in, in, important to finding this Imperial light cruiser, but who knows? Um, I know that he had some some run-ins with the past from the Imperials, so maybe he does have a thing or two up. And I think that was his that was his get. It was to to locate and to track down some of these uh, these ships and stuff. So very cool stuff. I love Bill Burr. I'll, I, I welcome him back to see on the show. I just wonder who else is going to join the team, and I can't wait to do that. So we appreciate you guys. If you had thoughts um, or anything you wanted to get. Uh, across to us, please visit the Facebook group, Craft Brews and Geek News. Um, give us a comment, start some conversation, throw some dialogue there, ask a question. We're over 150 strong now, heading towards 200, but it's dedicated. We are we are ramping up. We are we've got so much going on in that group. It's so fun. I, I check it every day, and I do not go on Facebook, so it's it's fantastic. But we'll see you guys there. And um, if you have anything else, let us know. Everybody, enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening, and take care. We'll see you next time here on the Fandalorian. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Brewmasters Club, Craft Brews and Geek News. Grab a beer with the guys and be sure to subscribe to catch additional content. Add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Chat with the guys on Twitter at Brewmasters Club and Facebook and online at www.brewmasters.club. Cheers! This podcast is part of the Craftology Radio Network. Listen, we get the Craft Brews and Geek News show is way better than it ought to be. If you'd like to learn more about other shows that we have on our network, please subscribe to the Craft Brews and Geek News podcast. Visit craftologyradio.com to learn more.